Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, joined by Aaron Larsoul. Aaron uh, is fresh off of, I believe, going to Staples. Well, I, I'm going to call it TBD Arena because crypto feels fleeting. There um, you go. Yeah, yeah. This is this. Yeah, I heard. I heard you and uh, Harrison do this. Do this the other day. Yes. Yeah. Um, but but you you were at the you were at the arena last night for I was. Lakers Clippers I was you were and one some renovations like have taken place so were, were you so far that the the crypto checks are are uh, clearing because renovations have taken place at the arena were you one of the like thirteen people who were there on on time for the game <laughs> uh, I was there. Uh, I got there. I actually got there late for me. I'm usually there. Uh, two full hours before the game but i didn't uh i didn't get there till mm, 5 20 or 5 30 or so for the seven well national tv so it's never a uh, on time tip <laughs> but for the scheduled seven o'clock tip i wasn't there till 5 20 or 5 30 but um yeah it it uh watching back on tv it didn't it did not look uh did not look full it uh not only did it not look full, I think the the shirts didn't help because <laughs> mm. it, it was just yeah like, the yellow the, the yellow shirts yes it was like it was like taking a highlighter pen to the empty seats it was just everybody was just you know and yeah was, they, they, don't they I don't remember where they there there's like an old joke about uh you know nobody showing up for games and they say like all the fans painted themselves as whatever the colors the seats are. <laughs> yeah. They're the all the fans are disguised, uh, disguised as empty seats. Yeah, they need to they need to start like some team that has trouble with attendance needs to sell t-shirts that look like random fans and then they can put them in the seats. And yeah, just, it's seat fillers like they do at the Oscars. <laughs> I, I uh, you know what I'm going to look what do, do we know what the uh the listed I'm going to look what the listed attendance was yesterday. Let's find out. Uh, a sellout, in fact. Yeah, eighteen nine ninety seven. Is there is there a more gamed statistic in sports than than crowd attendance? No, <laughs> no <laughs> is the answer to that. Actually, my favorite is my brother. Uh, shout out to Michael; he'll listen to this. But my brother went to Michigan, uh, and they take a lot of pride. And the big house is great. They obviously take a lot of pride in their college football team. I think they've passed Notre Dame now. I think they have the most wins all time. But uh, it's very important to them to have the biggest stadium. Um, mm -hmm. And Tennessee, Neyland Stadium, where I've also been, also takes a lot of pride in that. So I, every year, at least for a while, I don't know if they do this anymore, they went like back and forth trying to find ways to add, you know, 80, 80 seats here and there just as, so they could be have more than each other. I think Michigan uh, is, is still the biggest, but they're also counting like, all the uh, the paramedics and for the attendance and uh, both teams, the whole traveling yeah. party on the road. Uh, yeah, Michigan is. Uh, so the answer is is yes. That is the most game stat in all of the sports world. Yeah, because it's uh, it's always so funny to see like some team talking about oh, and we have sold out X number of consecutive games, and then you tune in, you're like. Man, <laughs> look. <laughs> yeah, that was true. That was true in Portland when I was uh, when I was there. They they sold out. I mean, it was something like I don't know, like seventeen years in a row. Yeah. And I mean, it, uh, look, the Blazers have great fans, and that place was generally packed. But 
not every <laughs> i think so that it should be right it should be tickets sold not like attendance tickets sold should be the actual stat yeah or like yeah either tickets sold or or you know they 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 obviously count people walking in through the turnstiles right so they do that should just be your number like you're you know that would be that would be that would be too honest you <laughs> like, could just could you imagine some of the, like the daytime baseball games numbers if they just counted like the people I, walking through the turnstiles yeah, it'd be in the hundreds I, in miami I'm, I'm an oakland a's fan so yes i can <laughs> yeah oakland a's too there were right. literally there were literally like 400 people at an a's game this year it was funny uh, to see lakers fans because i tweeted i was like man that is really empty for a lakers home opener against the clippers with lebron and ad and paul george and Kawhi leonard uh all active and i had people trying to tell me oh you don't get it man el trafico is playing and i'm like you're you're telling on yourself if soccer is getting in the way of people getting to a, a lakers home opener like, like that right there is if that's if that's the retort the my point is being made if if that's if that's how you're saying no 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 no, no everything's okay then what i'm saying is even more true to those was, of you to those of you who got there on time though i gotta say i'm so fucking proud of you guys way to go Thank you. I appreciate yeah. you. I, yeah, no, I was, I mean, look, I was late for me, but I was, I was there well, well, well before the game. Uh, I, I actually have one more, uh, I guess it's funny, uh, uh, attendance story. A buddy of mine, uh, Jared, uh, went to Look at you stalling to get to, to keep from talking about the Lakers. <laughs> I, I see what you're on. Not at all. Uh, so he went to, he went to Pepperdine and I don't even remember why we were talking about it, but uh, I think it was last year or maybe two years ago. Uh, he was like, nobody goes to Pepperdine games. And and, uh, and I go, well, I mean, they got to go. Like, And he goes, no, no, nobody goes. And, and, and I go, what? And he goes, yeah, let me show you what. So he pulls up. A, you are drinking wine at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. This is unacceptable. Red wine, unacceptable. It's we've the already fall. had this. We've already had this conversation. What is that? It's mold wine? Is that huh? mold wine? Mold wine? Mold. No, like the no. warm, no. like mold? No. Mold, no. yeah. No. Mold, uh, so, not mold. No, not mold, M-O-L-D, <laughs> not that M-U-L-L-E-D. Yeah, but you got to say it differently. It's it, mold. Mold, mold, and then there's mold. All right, fine. <laughs> I, do, I do this for a living. Um, and then, anyway, I'll make it quick. There were 52 people at a Pepperdine oh my a conference game. So he pulled it Counting up. Counting the rosters? He pulled it up on, uh, on ESPN, the box score. And I don't know if you, on, you guys know, but on ESPN box scores, it shows uh, like little diagrams of little people, you know, and they do the percentage of capacity. It's how many people they fill in the like, and there was like half of one guy. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah, I don't know, it was like whatever, 0.2% yeah. of capacity. I'm going to have to ask my buddy, my buddy Mike Garrity went to Pepperdine. Um, I think he works for the Cavs now. I'm going to ask him about attendance. People, yeah, I'm going to have to ask him about a Pepperdine that game. Um, all right, so the Lakers start their season 0-2. They take their second loss of the year last night to the Clippers. Um, the Clippers played it like a home opener. I thought their vibe, they have too many guys. 
is my analysis of the Clippers. They like, and I don't say this as like a, you have too many guys share some with the Lakers. I mean, like they need to condense their rotation. Terrence Mann hardly played last night. Um, Reggie Jackson felt like he wasn't even there because John Wall played well. Um, I think at some point they're probably going to have to make a trade to condense down their roster and have it make a little bit more sense, especially as you get into the postseason, because you aren't playing ten guys in no, yeah. in, in the playoffs. But there you go. But anyway, and, and I think the, I think the Lakers have played the two deepest teams in the league in the first two games, um, the Warriors and, and the. Clippers. Well, I mean, everybody is going to look deep compared to this Lakers rotation. I, I think the, I think these are. I mean, <laughs> you, look, you're not wrong. If if you want to know why the Warriors beat the Lakers in Game One, we'll get to Game Two here in a second. But like when the when, when the game was over, right, and, and the Warriors put their scrubs in, they played. Well, put the put the rookie point guard second round pick aside. Other than that, it was Dante Divincenzo, Moses Moody, Wiseman, and Kaminga were like the Warriors scrubs. That shows yeah. you how deep the Warriors are. Look, those guys are rotation players for the Lakers. A few of them might be starters. So yeah. there definitely is a there. In terms of depth, there certainly was a stark difference. I kind of disagree with you about I, I don't disagree with you about the Clippers in the postseason, but I think especially because Kawhi appears <laughs> to going to need load management, maybe in perpetuity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he already, I mean, like he hasn't didn't play last year and is starting this year coming He's NBA the bench Like he he poked his finger on <laughs> on his chair on the, and now he has like home, yeah. He's losing fingers. Um, so I think the depth should that like having that depth is a way to manage the regular season and get him through the regular season. And it gives you the opportunity to have him and Paul George, if necessary, take, you know, pockets of rest because there's not much of a drop off, much like, well, as I was just saying with the Warriors, much like the Warriors, they're the two deepest teams in the league. And it is very, very useful for older teams in the regular season. You're right. Nobody's playing 10 guys in the playoffs though. No, no. And that's like 10 guys. Like they're, they're, they're again, Terrence Mann, I think played like five minutes last night. Reggie Jackson, I think played 24, but it never really felt like he was out there. Um, and yeah, and, looked, yeah good. Very good. Yeah. Good enough that, you know, it made me think over the course of the game, huh? So he could have traded, Russ and a pick, they'd have a pick right now, and they'd have John Wall. Hmm. Anywho, you're you've just you've just you're we're relitigating that. By the way, that would have been a bad idea then. It would still be a bad idea, and we're relitigating this because John Wall no, played well once. I no, it made me it made me think about it. Like I was thinking about it in my head. I was relitigating it in my own head. I, we don't have to relitigate it here. All right. I relitigate a lot in my own head. <laughs> that I believe. <laughs> that of, of my that, poor I wife have no re- relitigates even more in her head. Like, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> in a more <laughs> macro sense, I would imagine. <laughs> Just looking Just around. Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> here's here's a story, and I'll take a picture and I'll show it to everybody here uh, after the show. All right. I got so we have over my office. There's like a there's like a rectangular space that's kind of empty space that I said, hey, I'm gonna fill this. Uh, Amazon had like this this set of three canvases that were like microphones set to black and white, 
And, and I thought like, you know, seeing as my studio was on the other side of that wall, um, it would look good. It's in black and white. So it kind of continues with the theme of, of the foyer there. Um, so I was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to see how this thing looks. I ordered the things and, um, come to find out. So the space there was supposed to, you know, I measured it out and it was like 37, 38 inches of space, um, vertically. And then a good amount of space, um, horizontally. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to fill the space with these canvases and, and it'll, and I ordered the ones on, on Amazon and the canvases said that they were like 36 inches by 24 and there's three of them. So I, um, I figured, okay, this is going to fit, you know, might be a little snug, but it should be fit. It should fit pretty well. And I ordered the ones that came with the frame. Well, the frame took it from 36 to 38 inches. So now my canvases are literally smushed into that. <laughs> I had to take like a, a mallet. It's like a compression fit? No, I had, yeah, I had to like take a mallet. To, you don't even have to hang them. They I didn't even hang them. They're yeah. just they're just like they're malleted up on. <laughs> oh so like as I'm doing that, I'm sure my wife was there relitigating quite a bit. <laughs> Her entire <laughs> adult life, yeah. Um so one, anyway, one very important choice she's made. Yeah. <laughs> right here. So I we, give, give any shit about this, says the divorced guy. Yeah. So the uh, Lakers, you know, they are shooting. I think the official number is uh, 19 for 843 from three point range so far this year. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, And what's the percentage you know, on that? Uh, I think it's, 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 I think it's negative 4.7%. So okay. they're actually making more threes for the other team than no, they are currently making. That, doesn't, that, doesn't, that seem, doesn't seem good. Yeah. It's not ideal. I don't think, um, it's an issue that I don't think anybody could have seen coming with this, um, with this roster as it was being put together. Um, they are very small. Uh, they, they, there was one point in the second half when Kawhi was playing, they posted him up. The Lakers sent Russ and Patrick Beverly to double him, and he just pivoted through them and made a layup, and it made me laugh out loud because those were two of the wings, uh, the, the the wing defenders, as as Rob Palenka has described them. Again, another issue that I just don't know if anybody could have seen uh, size being an issue coming. Um, you know, man, we need, we need, a, we need a, a name for it. So in basketball terminology, when... Uh, two bigs double. It's called a monster. Yeah. So, like we need, we need a, uh, <laughs> you know, like if, if, if somebody posts up, you know, what our center posts up, he's being guarded yeah. by the center. If another big comes to double him, it's called Can a we monster. Call it like a cuddle, like a snuggle. I, I guess. <laughs> Although Pat Bev and Russ, I don't, I don't, Pat like, Bev and Russ, I don't know that we want to call that. That's probably not a cuddle, but I feel like, uh, I feel like we should call it like a tickle. You know, because oh, it's okay. not very pleasant, but it's also like not not pleasant. You know. Okay. Right, um, <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Look, it is a um. Being small and not being able to shoot is not a recipe for success. Just plain and simple. Yeah. Um. There has been a few. There has been some. There have been some things to like about the first two games, but yeah. the team is small. And the team can't shoot. LeBron said it plainly after game one. Um, 
the shooting is not like there is a you can alleviate one of those issues you can play bigger you can't create you can't conjure i disagree with well it's not i'm disagreeing with lebron about you know what do you do you just work at it and shooting is coming they're not like no i don't Mm -mm. I expect Kendrick Nunn to shoot better. I expect Patrick Beverly to shoot better. They both have track records of shooting better. Whatever you, it's even if you think Pat is diminished, right? Uh, and you know you see people saying he's washed already on Twitter. He hasn't played well in the first two games. He didn't play well in the preseason. I don't think he's washed. I said potentially but even if washed. he is, but okay, I, but even if he is, the way you're the way that that manifests is not in shooting. Right. The one yeah. thing like it's fouling, it's, it's getting lost. Yeah. The, you know, the physical diminishment that mm-hmm. maybe. So I expect him to shoot better. I expect Kendrick Nunn to shoot better. But as LeBron said, what did he say? This is not a team full of lasers, I think was the word he used. So like you can't go 10 or what nine, I think it was nine of 42 last night from three and get crushed on the glass. You're just, you lose. The Lakers yeah. played well defensively and played well just in general. But if the way that, you know, look, <laughs> you just play simple and plain, right? Nine for 42 from three, uh, like down 20 on the glass, you lose, period, especially against good teams. So, and we, we saw it. Damien Jones played uh, last night. He didn't play in game one. So maybe that is part of, an answer is the Lakers just having to play JTA more play and play bigger period. Um, I know Darvin wants to get, you know, who he thinks are his best guys on the court. And I, that doesn't include Damian, but you may, there may have to be some concessions made because the team is small or at least as it's, as it is playing now is small that you can do something about the shooting I mean, look, they're not going to shoot nine for 42. They're, it's going to be better than that. But is this going to be a team that shoots 38% from three collectively? No. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, I'm not positive they'll have 38% games on the season. Like, <laughs> of, course, of course they will. <laughs> like, they might, they might get to like, yeah, I don't know. And I don't even know what that would true. look like. I think this I would just cry true. the whole There's... time if they, if they, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Just, just make the first one it's and so don't beautiful. shoot another one. Just make, make the first one and don't shoot another one. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, they're gonna make too. one and everybody's gonna say, "All right, nobody shoot." Well, that's also part of it. Is it? It's it's especially apparent when you are taking the volume of three pointers that the Lakers are taking. Part of that, I think, is by design. Um, you know, Pat Pat Bev has said he that that Coach Ham wants wants them to get up. I, I don't think what he said was thirty five to forty a game, um, which has happened the first two games. So I think part of that is by design. Part of that is also by defensive design. Um, it's there. There's a reputation that this team can't shoot. So you saw it, especially with with the Warriors. They they were playing like a high school defense yeah. where like everybody had a one foot in the paint <laughs> uh, basically. So I think part of it is by the Lakers design offensively. And part of it is the defense saying, go ahead. And I mean, you have to, if the deep, I mean, like if those are the open shots, you have to take open shots, but 
I don't think, uh, as, as LeBron said, there's not a bunch of lasers on this team. <laughs> Which I've like never that heard was... that phrasing, but the lasers to somebody who can shoot, I've never heard that before. But yeah, I, I feel like of, of things like you could say like archers, right? Because there's still <laughs> okay, but sure. I don't know if I, w- I would go like lasers, lasers doesn't sound to me. I mean, it is precise, I guess, like that's that's what you could maybe say, but um, not much touch in a laser, not much like loft no, and arch no. on the ball. Oh. <laughs> if you're shooting lasers at the basket, that's what Rush shoots is lasers at the basket. It's just, thung. um, yeah, I, I don't know the, I think there, I agree with you that there are positives to take from this. This team obviously competes harder than last year did uh, last yes. year's did at any point of last year's season. Um, this team cares, uh, seems to care more or it looks like it cares more out there. I think, the amount of caring, and we'll talk about this uh, later in the show, but I think the, there's something that can be done to ramp up the amount of caring even more um, and make it more cohesive over the course of a game. Um, but, you know, it's just, like, even while we say that, yeah, the Lakers competed against the Warriors, they still lost handily to the Warriors after Steph and Clay, I think, went over for the first half from three-point range, you know. That's not going to happen very often. They, you know, were closer, and it was it last night's pressure cooker actually had pressure in it. Yep. Um, but Kawhi didn't play in the first half, and Paul George very clearly was just kind of like going through the motions out there. Um, and so, like, I it, while I can look at the positives, I just keep coming back to like, I don't know what a good version of this team is because. The shooting is such, it is so hard to overcome, you know. And and like I I appreciate that the Lakers. So like last year the Lakers had guys like Wayne Ellington and Mello, and they could shoot, but they couldn't do anything else. So on nights that those guys didn't have it offensively, the Lakers were just sol. And so I think I, this roster was put together in a way that was like, well, we aren't going to have any of those sol nights, but. I would kind of argue that you're going into every game almost SOL because the math, the the. So I don't know if you listened to the show that I did with Mike Prada. Um, I did earlier about in spacing about his uh, spacing uh-huh. book. Yeah, about uh-huh. the the book that he wrote, uh-huh. and he he spoke about the the paradox of expertise, right? Mm-hmm. And he said that as the three point shot um, was you know being voted into place and was becoming more popular, that the people who hated it the most were the red hourbacks of the world and um the people you know the the michael jordans and and the like the, the people who had success without the three-point shot were saying why do we yeah, need we to add this, this thing? Yeah. yeah um and and the the concept of the paradox of expertise is the greater you are at something and the more that you have figured it out the more thoroughly that you have figured it out the less interested you are in the evolution of that thing because you have figured it out as that thing evolves, that now means you have to learn and it brings you closer to everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this constantly, man, with the Lakers because um, the league has evolved in more ways than one. We can talk about the three-point shot and we can talk about the 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 evolution of geometry um, around the sport. But I think if we, if we look at even more macro sense, the Lakers figured out the NBA and they figured out success in the NBA in the 80s um, and they and, and they learned how to operate in that in that league. And as the league has evolved, 
it's it takes a lot for an expert that has the success that the Lakers had, that has the track record that the the, the Lakers had. It makes it more difficult to 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 evolve and adapt to a league that now operates in a very different way. And and I've always kind of wondered why is it that <laughs> why can't the Lakers figure out modern spacing? Why can't they figure out why can't they put together a roster that exists in in a modern world? And and the closest that they ha- got to it, they um ripped it apart that there are two people who exist cont- uh still from that from that um roster and and i i kind of wonder if the lakers are running up against that paradox of expertise expertise here and it's really difficult for them to learn how to evolve and adapt to a league that not just has evolved but we've been able to to to, to watch that evolution in real time we've seen these defenses get spaced out. We've seen how all of this has taken place. So not only, you know, is is evolution inherently difficult for those who are really good at the prior way that things worked, but you add to that exponential evolution as we have seen in the NBA. And yeah, it kind of starts to make sense that the Lakers just don't understand this. So let's take the last two seasons. Um I can tell you why the Lakers haven't had any shooting the last two seasons <laughs> because that's the most expensive thing in the league. Shooting and scoring is what gets people paid. I, I would argue the Lakers starting point guard is the most expensive thing in the league. But... <laughs> well, Steph Curry actually makes the most money in the league. <laughs> Russ is second. Uh, <laughs> and when he got that contract, he was, he was scoring 30 a night. Yeah. Uh, so shooting and scoring is the most expensive thing in the league and since the rust trade it's been bargain bin shopping right other than other than the exception it's been bargain bin shopping you don't find shooters in the bargain bin i mean you can but but they don't do anything else they're not gonna do anything else and they're not the guys that are gonna shoot it like that every night right you mentioned wayne ellington and and mellow last year um this is why i thought Cole Swider was going to be a rotation guy. I said it in the, in, in the off season and in, in, in after summer league and training camp, because the, the roster is bereft of shooting. It just well, is. That's why Matt Ryan is playing. Correct. And, you know, like famously or infamously, or, you know, as the, the, the talking point slash joke on Twitter is, you know, the Lakers best shooter was driving DoorDash a year ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, yeah, and those are the guys you can get at the minimum. You're not going to get a two-way, three-and-D. Like, they just don't exist on the minimum because everybody wants them. So the last couple of years, that's the reason the Lakers don't, can't shoot. Um, I think it is – I look, I do, I do think that this is a flawed roster, obviously. Um, one that I think makes more sense if – the starting point guard isn't around, right? It makes more sense with a trade. That doesn't mean to me, and I do think, I do think that is the best path forward. I do suspect that that is probably going to happen at some point. It does make the most sense, but I am not at a place yet where it's just like it has, and I know lots of Lakers fans are, and I understand the thinking because it doesn't feel good to be 0-2, and the first after the first game specifically, um, and then 
yesterday, last night, Russ was O of eleven, which is is not great. Mm-hmm. And I think he was O of six from he three. Said he said he played solid though. I did I did see that that uh, post game clip floating around. Um, so I think that, but to me, that doesn't mean anything. Like it doesn't mean any trade. Sorry, it doesn't mean any trade. Like I don't think it should be so reactionary where it's just like. You know, all the stuff was going around. I got to be careful here. But like the stuff was going around online about just do it like one of the packages that has been rumored mm-hmm. from an Eastern conference. Just, and like, just do it. Just send the picks. Just do it. I'll say it. Buddy Heald and, and Miles Turner for Russ and the two picks. I'm I'm on. I have been there since the beginning of the offseason. So I am not. I'm not talking about that deal specifically, but I am mm-hmm. not at any. I'm not at the point where I'm just like, it has to be like anything because I still think a bad trade makes it worse. Um, but I do understand people who have said, like, it is, it, it, you know, look, it can be confirmation bias, but like who said, this is, these are going to be the problems. Look, these have been the problems in the first two games. Fix it immediately. I, I understand the sentiment. I am not at that place yet, but I understand the sentiment. What would it take to get there? Like, if they lose to Portland, would that be like okay? Because that was one of that's one of the, the games that we thought were wins at this early stretch. Of so the I season. do think I do think no, that wouldn't get me there. But I do think I do think Sunday is like look, it's the it's the third it's the game. Third the game. But... There is there is no must wins, but it's pretty like the Lakers need to win on Sunday because as you and I have talked about the the rest of the next you know week or so is it's tough i mean it's it's rough the schedule is the schedule is tough the first what i what is it six games or seven games is is rough it's hard so i think that winning on sunday is pretty critical yeah i it's going to be one of those games that the fallout from it, if they lose, is going to be fascinating to watch. Cause I don't know where the wins are coming uh, other than that. And you know, I, you took issue with me saying that I thought they were going to win about six or so of their first 20 games and, and yes. be six and 14 by the time they again, realize something that we already know. And I that, took issue with you saying, I see maybe six. Okay. But like, again, shooting nine of 42 from three point range and getting beaten on the boards like that. Who are you beating that way? And that was a game that we said the Lakers played fairly well in because they defended well. So like who, who, who are the Lakers beating if they're shooting like that, you know, even, even fairly regularly. So I don't think the Lakers are going to shoot. I mean, that is (laughs) yeah. what nine of 42 is what like 19%, something like that. 20%. Yeah. Right. So if you round up, so that like, even bad teams, they're not going to shoot nine for 42 regularly. Bad shooting teams. Um, who are they being? I mean, the schedule is there are there are nine games after this stretch. Or, yeah, I think it's after this stretch. After the first whatever six it is. There are, there are nine games in the first 20 that are against teams that are dreadful. Teams that are mostly trying to lose. Who are the dreadful teams? Like, because nine Detroit, games is high. Detroit, Utah. San Antonio three times. Have you have you watched San Antonio yet? Well, no, I mean, you, yeah, San Antonio are, are losses for sure. Utah, I don't know if I'm willing to go there with them uh, they because beat De- they beat Denver. beat Denver. Yeah, and they haven't. I will believe that on Utah when they make the trades that they're eventually going to make. 
Um, and look to to your point. Did you see, did you what, see, you see uh, Colin Sexton just uh, just roast uh, Jokic? Yeah, and that Jokic ran down and like shoved him. That was yeah, that was interesting. God, but go ahead, but sorry. like like to to the point. That I I guess the theory that is in play here, reportedly for the Lakers, that you know the longer that they wait, the more desperate some of these teams are going to get to lose, right? Um, and Utah falls squarely into that category. The Malik Beasleys of the world, the Mike Conleys of the world, the uh, Jared Vanderbilts of the world, the, the, those guys who are helping them win games right now, um, th- those, those players are uh, not long for Utah because Utah has their sights set on as many losses as possible. So maybe, you know, the Lakers and Rob specifically are thinking, Look, if they win often enough, they'll come to us and they'll say, "Hey, we can't keep fucking winning. We have to. We have to trade these guys one way or the other." And same goes for Indiana. Like the fact that they had their ball boy stand right under the basket <laughs> and right under Miles Turner is <laughs> surely a sign that they're trying to. Anthony lose. is my favorite Anthony. <laughs> um, Look, I saw, have but, you yeah. ever, ever heard of a ball boy injuring an NBA player? I have seen NBA players get injured in all kinds of like strange and miraculous ways yeah. in, in, in pregame. This is a new one. That is, I mean, I've seen like, I've seen guys get hurt on, uh, on uh, the, the, so I don't actually, I think this isn't the case anymore, but it used to be the uh, cameras that they used to shoot um, like pregame stuff yeah. were wired. They're not anymore. So mm-hmm. I've seen guys like, Oh yeah. Trip on those and like mm-hmm. sprain ankles on that. I have seen I I saw a but a team employee no, standing underneath <laughs> No, I, I, has there been any player. video? Has there been any video of it? I haven't seen it. I, I, haven't I, seen I any is there any of video of them offering a bonus to this guy for doing it? <laughs> um, That's the okay. video I so, want. So yes. But I think the other part of it is and that is that is part of the Lakers thinking. But I think the other part of it that you didn't mention, and I'm not like you're not wrong, is that it's not just the the teams or or packages that have been rumored. Oh, sure. Hearing about, yeah, it's all kinds of other ones because there are all sorts. There's there are always teams that think they're going to be good or decent, and this aren't is the for Kings for the last for whatever, years <laughs> for whatever reason. I mean, yeah. even teams that are going better than you know, like yeah. that have real playoff aspirations. Mm-hmm. If and, the game gets hurt, if yeah, whatever yeah. happens, yeah. Um, or they're just bad. Um, yeah. So it and so it's not just specific. And the, the reason I use Dame for example here is is because he this was literally the Blazers last year. Was that they thought they had a decent team? Dame got hurt, and they're like, "Oh, I guess we're going into the tank." Yeah. Or, or it was like the Warriors a couple years ago, and Steph gets hurt. You know, like it happens all the time. But it and it can also be just teams are bad, right? That they, it's not injury, but there is always so uh, that could that could open up options that we're not even thinking about yet. Um, and it could be that because there are so many teams that are maybe not trying to win as many games as possible, that that increases the supply of yeah. win now guys just in general. And it raises the value of the theoretical capital. competition for Russell Westbrook's expiring contract, right? Um, um goes up. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> but, but I know, but I agree with you though. It is, it is a very delicate balance because 
much like it could be too late for these teams that win too much, you know, it's too late for them to be bad enough. The Lakers have to, if this season goes poorly, if it continues to go poorly, you know, if Owen two becomes, you know, your six and 14, um, which I do not believe it will, but if it does, the Lakers have to make that, there has to be a balance struck of doing something before it's too late. Right. Well, not only too late, which I, I guess I, it, it would be too late if, if somebody gets hurt, but like what they're asking Anthony Davis to do. And, and by the way, like this is where I have to, to give props because this is like, this is the Anthony Davis that I have wanted to see defensively, especially right. Offensively. Yeah. I think there's still a lot of like, a lot of pinch post and mid post, stuff, much but that's too much. I and too much jump shooting. Yeah. Uh, but like defensively, what he is doing out there is otherworldly and, and honestly kind of sort of terrifying because he's throwing his body all over the court. And last night winning Gabriel doesn't play last night, Damian Jones plays seven minutes. Thomas Bryant already, uh, got surgery on his hand. So clearly the Lakers don't have anybody that they trust to play center other than Anthony Davis here. Um, LeBron had to play center minutes last night. Two games into the season is really early early to go to that card. Um, I, Zoo was like, damn good last night, too. Yeah, man. He if was, only the he, Lakers at one point had had a player like that, that would have been nice. Um, but but the, the, the part of the reason and part of the math I'm doing here on why I'm saying just make the trade, um, and we'll get to the, to, the, to the step even further that I'm willing to go here, is Miles Turner, while he might be down for a week or so, I think miraculously he would he would heal as soon as he gets traded, which is kind of crazy, but you know it happens all the time. Uh, if if Miles Turner is a player that the Lakers would be targeting here, that is somebody who you can trust. AD can sit for a little while, even while those guys are out there on the court together, they can take turns defending the rim. They can. The Lakers got killed on the boards last night. That shouldn't happen if you have Miles Turner, LeBron, and Anthony Davis as your front court. Um, they can get you extra possessions so that you aren't running back in transition as often as the Lakers are. It can make Anthony Davis's life a lot easier than it currently is. And as it currently stands, like when Anthony Davis and his the people around him say they don't want him to play center because they're nervous about him getting hurt. This is exactly the way that he is. He would be playing that they are concerned would lead him to get hurt. And Oh, by the way, last night he went back to the locker room at one point. So like when I say just get a deal done. And when those of us who are saying just get a deal done are saying that part of the math here is not only do you not want the Lakers to fall so far behind in the West, but you also don't want to continue to put this kind of a, a load on a near 40 year old LeBron James and a, a physically near 40 year old Anthony Davis. Like this is <laughs> this, this, Harrison did not let me. you get away with this the other day. And I will not either. <laughs> now we're, if we're rounding up, then you're not going to like the, you're not going to like your number if we're rounding up. I have, I have two more days of my uh, mm -hmm. early thirties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> This is what I would say. This is all my damn surgeries. I like people ask me how old I am. I'm like, by chron chronologically or yeah. in terms of usage, right? Like if you if you cut me open and you counted my rings, it would say 35. But if you watch me walk and just move around my house, you would my move around my house. You would say, oh, shit, he's like 43. 
what yeah. is going on? I mean, your house is so your your house is so expansive. Like, what do you what do you mean? You I just foyer. told you I you have a foyer. I just told you I couldn't fit canvases into a space in my foyer. It's not a giant foyer. I have three huge microphones that are taking up the entirety of my foyer. It's an 85-inch TV that I sleep on in my foyer. And these canvases that I use as, as shelter. That's, mm-hmm. that's what my foyer looks like right now. 85-inch mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> TV and a foyer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, are you softening on your... You, you, now you don't want AD playing center anymore? This is your... Oh, n- no. Mm. Mm. No. No, I want... I, I want him playing center, and I have marveled at him playing center. I have offered, like, one of the things that I have said consistently, right, especially over the last couple of years is, lay down the gauntlet, man. You are, Anthony Davis clearly is capable of doing this stuff, and if he does it for the entirety of the season, he's the defensive player of the year, unanimously. If he does what we saw, what we've seen from him, especially last night, for the entirety of a season, He's the defensive player of the year, and he 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 resumes his place among like the top ten players in the NBA, right? Maybe top five, if if he ever starts hitting jump shots. But uh, in terms of like my concern for his well being, I don't. I eighty two games of this, there's just no chance that it's sustainable. No chance whatsoever. So I can want more of this from him in theory. Um, but that doesn't mean like I don't want the Lakers to be so devoid of other centers that they have no other choice because that's where they currently find themselves. I was uh, his the his play uh, it was I think it was Jordan Poole in in the opener. Jordan Poole was like afraid he turned the corner and was afraid to go up, didn't want to shoot it, and tried to uh, sneak up a pass like a wraparound pass to on the baseline uh, to. to to Wiseman and yeah. like AD just swallowed it. AD was AD like prevented the got out there, prevented the shot, and then came back and like batted away uh, a wraparound yeah. pass from Jordan Poole, who's a really good passer. Was like, there's like two people on planet Earth that can do that, or three yeah. people on planet Earth that can do that. It's it was who's it's incredibly third? impressive. I'm thinking him, AD, or him, and Giannis, and I don't know who the third would be. Yeah, I mean, you might. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's like there's like five people in the history of planet Earth who can do that. <laughs> it's wild the two of them are playing in the sport right now. Um, but yeah, I I I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, even again, not speaking specifically about uh, you know players here, but the notion of asking LeBron and AD to carry this kind of a load on this imbalance to roster puts additional wear and tear on them that could sink the season before you have the chance at making that trade. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I mean, it could, (laughs) yeah, you're right. It could. Um, uh, Trudell talks about this a lot about like what is fair to ask of LeBron, um, especially defensively because of how many seasons played because of the mileage, because of the load he has to carry offensively. Like, yeah. Can you expect LeBron to give everything he has on every defensive possession? Like what is a fair ask? And my response to that is kind of too bad, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it, because this is the roster. And so if it doesn't have if to LeBron and a, if LeBron and AD can't sustain this, it doesn't like none of this matters anyway. 
No, that's not that. I don't think that's that feels a little disingenuous. Like if they can't, if they can't single handedly cover for no, no, no. A I mean, group car- of five ten year five five ten people <laughs> like that. That's you know when you just talked about you just talked about Mike Trudeau and in, in, in the concept of fairness. Like that's like asking them, hey, you're going to be surrounded by Patrick Beverly, uh, Russell Westbrook. At one point, it was LeBron out there with Patrick Beverly, Austin Reeves, Russell Westbrook, and Kendrick Nunn. And like you go to you, you go to him after he like grabs a rebound, and you can just see it on his face. What the fuck? Every play he saw, he just looks around. And he's like, "Where are my teammates?" And it's because he has to look down so far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but look, the Lakers have uh, the Lakers have bigger options. I look. I think I think the Lakers should should probably play play bigger. But the Lakers have bigger options on the roster. I think they... one of the guards needs to be cut from the rotation. One of them. I have one in mind. <laughs> I am sure you do. Um, so are you? You're suggesting that the Lakers just have to make a trade for biggerness? Is that what we're suggesting? That's one of the things to keep for sure. to, like to to keep the season afloat so they don't get hurt. I'm I'm talking more about the like the load being expected to carry the load both of them, you know, like full effort giving what they have every possess- like it is a lot to ask, but I'm not I for me it's not the the size issue so much. It's that they are going to be asked to do everything on offense and defense, the two of them. And if they can't, it doesn't matter. Right, but that's going to be the case because again, that you are like you're going from the three star model to the two star model, right? So you inherently are asking those guys to do more theoretically than you were when you traded for Russell Westbrook in the first place. Um, but you're asking them to do that with more support, right? You're asking them to do that with more foundational support, more, you know, what they're having to do. There's actually. You know, when, when LeBron drives into the key and kicks it out to the corner, it's Buddy Heald there standing there waiting for a jumper, not, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson, who shoots a little bit too much for Marcus Camby, like like Marcus Camby for my liking. Um, it's just, it's just, I, I, I don't know, man. There's a gamble on both sides of this. And absolutely, if I'm looking at this from Rob Polinka's standpoint, Essentially, what he could be saying is, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna have LeBron and AD be what I gamble with, not my career." Because if he makes this trade and it doesn't work out, that's it for Rob Palenka, right? That's it. Um, if he holds off on making this trade and the Lakers are too far back for them to make this trade, there's a stay of execution. So, like one thing that Rob Palenka could be factoring into this is what allows me to continue to keep my job. I would hope that getting the extension would allow him to just focus on what's best for the team. But if he does this and he does it poorly or this trade doesn't work out, then yeah, I don't know how you ever really, I don't think they showed him on the Jumbotron last night. And I I don't think it's a, it's a coincidence. Um, If this trade doesn't work out, it's just over, over. It's just over, like how they say on Twitter, right? When it's like the capital letters over, over. <laughs> if if the trade doesn't work out, then this window it slams shut, 
And and I don't know how Rapolinka digs himself out of that hole. He wouldn't even have a shovel anymore. He traded it to Indiana. I'm not going to talk about specific trades, but um, look, and, and I, I get that there can be a difference of opinion on this. However, from the things that I have heard or been told or whatever have been available, there isn't one a trade that I would have made yet. I agree. You know, you and I have differing whatever uh, levels of like we, we have a different standard for what is necessary to make a trade, to make a trade with one pick, to make a trade with two picks. Um, but for me personally, I agree with what he's done thus far. Do I think that the beginning of this season could alter that? Yes. And I understand. Again, I disagree with people that are at the place where you are already, but I don't think it's completely unreasonable. I I I still wouldn't do any of the things that I have heard are available, but I understand why my opinion may be in the minority. Um, the last thing, and this is what I do think you probably find unreasonable. Um, one thing that we know because they haven't done it already, the Lakers find unreasonable is send Russ home. You know, you, you get Russ out of there, you get him out of the rotation, you open up his minutes for a bigger player so that you don't have to play four guards. Russ isn't going to be on this team to finish the year anyway, so you allow this team to build some continuity with the guys that they currently have. Um, and again, like I think it's been pretty clear, as uh, as we have seen over the last week or two, that everybody involved here has reached their, like, has either reached it or are getting close to that line of, of man, fuck this. Their, their line of... That's a little quieter clip, but but like their line where everybody oh, looks around what and says, "What was that from? What was that from?" I don't know. It was some post game show, and some guy okay. was like, "They asked me to guard somebody," and he was like, "Man, fuck this, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, um, but yeah, like I think I think we have we are close approaching that point if we haven't reached it already, where like Russ's whole "I can't come off of the bench because my hamstrings might fall off" thing. I understand the. And I think it's in the interest of fairness, you do have to see how that situation plays out with Lakers' responses to it, former players' responses uh, to it, um, the way he answers questions about it. One thing that really stood out to me, two things that really stood out to me, Richard Jefferson essentially said on national TV, Russ faked an injury uh, to get out of finishing out that game and so that he would have more... uh, data that would back up his concern of coming off of the bench. Uh, Darvin Ham's response to me was even louder when he was like, I spoke to him and he's going to have to do the best thing that's for the team. Uh, as we keep in mind what is best for his body and all of those things that, that was as close to Darvin Ham saying like when he said, we spoke about it and we've moved past it now, that was him saying, yeah, that was kind of sort of bullshit guys. And, uh, if if we're already there, because he trolled Frank Vogel about it at the end of last season when he said, you know, his back seized up because he was sitting there on the bench too long. Um, if we're already there two games into the year, then, and, and, and again, the thing that we have to recognize as the background or the backdrop to all of this is 
he's not going to be there at the end of the season. He just won't be. The Lakers, you know, when Rob Polinka was asked about it, he didn't he didn't like double down and commit to Russell Westbrook. He was like, no, we're we're still looking for the best resolution to the situation. So like, if he isn't going to be there, play the guys who are and let this guy just stay healthy. I, I, hopefully he doesn't seize up sitting entire games and sitting entire portions of the season, but that's not the Lakers problem anymore. I am not there yet. I, again, I understand why, <laughs> why some might be, but the other factor is, I mean, Russ was pretty good in game one. He was not last night. He was pretty good in game one. And this team, even though there are a fair amount of guards, this team, the roster doesn't have enough talent. He is still one of the most talented guys on the roster. He's still one of the better players on the roster. They've been better when they've when they haven't had multiple guards out there. And I think they do have enough guards to to bide the time until Schroeder gets back or until Patrick Beverly learns how to shoot again or whatever. I do think I at that position, if you don't have enough talent at that position, given how many damn combo guards the Lakers have, then Rob Polinka really shouldn't be there. No, anymore. It's, it's so I think that this roster was again, I think this roster makes more sense with a potential rust trade. I think that a lot of the point of the offseason moves were made with the, the thought that Russ might not be uh, on the team. Russ might be, might get traded. Um, I do think Russ should be coming off the bench and I do think Russ should be playing fewer minutes that I, that I'm with, but I think it is, I think it's too early to send him home. What would it take? Like you're already seeing that the, the kind of veiled trolls, right? Yeah. It, ha- it has to be, it, it has to be more than more than veiled. So he, it's going to be on his terms. He's going to say, like, no, 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 right, no, no, guys, no, 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 I'm no, I mean, I mean, I mean, from, from everybody else, it has to be, it has to be more than like, mm, this feels like maybe it's not, it's going to take like some real, like obvious, I've had enough of this dude, like get him out of here. We we're better off without him from like people that matter. LeBron. LeBron I mean, would have to only, say something directly. Not, no, not only LeBron or AD, like, I guess. Not yeah. I I think I think him. it would require I think it would require like something so obvious from Russ that like. Your I mean, faking eyes. an injury or, so as not yeah, to but, come off yeah, of the but, bench is pretty. <laughs> yeah, but but you are you are stating that as fact, and it isn't fact. Okay. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying yes that did happen or didn't happen. I'm not saying I don't know, but. Like we can't say he faked an injury. Do you know he faked an injury to not come off the bench? No. It looks fine to me. Okay. Do you know he faked an injury? <laughs> you can't. No, of course not. Of course. So it would have it would have to for for me, it has to have something has to happen so egregious where you go like, come on, man. Like, all right, go away. I don't going know. 0 of eleven from the field <laughs> after faking an injury. That's not egregious enough? No. It's not. You're uh, you're again stating <laughs> stating him faking an injury as fact, and then he played poorly. He played well in game one. He was terrible last night. Fine, mm-hmm. but I think what it is going to take somebody with an opinion that matters saying, "All right, man, like enough of this. Get this dude out of here." All right, LeBron. I know you're not listening, but please, 
LeBron, LeBron Iwan Kenobi, you're our only hope. <laughs> you're, are you sending this as a hologram? Yeah. <laughs> I got to put on the little earmuffs. Yeah. I got to put on the hood. Here, I have a hood. LeBron Iwan Kenobi, you're our only hope. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> oh, man. That might LeBron be my new uh, Avi on not, Twitter. Not about this, but LeBron Iwan Kenobi is our only hope. Him and AD, yeah. I mean, him and AD, that's, that's it. Yeah. And it hasn't, they've both played, well, LeBron was okay last night. He was, they were both great in game, game one and it wasn't enough. So yeah. that is, that is concerning to me. I, I, I grant you that, that is concerning to me because the Warriors didn't play particularly well in game one and uh, the Clippers were okay last night. The Clippers weren't great either. Some of that I think was the, the Lakers doing defensively. But yeah, it is. It is. It's LeBron and AD. That's it. It is. It is on them. So the Lakers uh, Sunday play Portland, and then Wednesday they yeah, play twelve thirty. Yeah, Sunday. they play um, Denver on Wednesday, and then Friday they will be playing Minnesota. So they'll have two games between uh, now and the next time you and I speak. Uh, I think if they lose to Portland. And then especially if they lose to Minnesota, I just think the noise around this entire situation will have gotten, will have reached such a crescendo that it kind of forces everybody's hand. Do you I, think that's in Sunday's the, like, potentially in the cards that well, so here's, this is good. This is going to be fascinating because, because they entered the season hoping for 20 games of data. They were hoping for 20 games of data and time. That is, yeah, that, that was, that is what Woj said. Yes. Um, well, I think no, again. I think Sunday is really important um, because the the vibes aren't bad now. The vibes are, but losing on Sunday I think has the potential to diminish the vibes. Let's say that. Um, so I think I think Sunday is very very important. The vibes aren't bad as LeBron no, I mean, is calling out the shooting on the team, and <laughs> Russell Westbrook is potentially faking injuries. Does I did does air it quotes look, for those of you does listening. It, does it does it look to you like like anybody has quit or not trying? You said like they're playing they're they're playing with more enthusiasm and playing harder than at any point last year. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that that's my, that's my point when I say like whatever. If there are some not great vibes, it hasn't reached the court yet. And I'm saying okay. I think Sunday, a lost Sunday, changes like, that. Could possibly change. Yeah. yeah. Could possibly, I don't not change it, but could like diminish the vibes a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, but then Wednesday is fascinating because Minnesota is enormous, right? Towns and <laughs> so <laughs> I, do, I don't, I don't know if you can just play, you play Anthony Davis at center and, and LeBron at four. I like, I don't, then being small is, is can get scary. So, yeah. although, Although, I mean, Minnesota was, you know, like the team of athletes last year. And for whatever reason, the Lakers that played well against Minnesota last year. Um, and Utah played against Gobert, played Utah well last year, too. So I don't know. This is uh, this is I think it's interesting. I think we'll, uh, we'll, Wednesday, we'll... Wednesday could be interesting. And I don't know if that means you have to start Damian, but that's your really only option to size up. Well, I, I don't think you have to. I don't think it has to be Dame. Oh, I guess against Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. wondering if if you have. I mean, or are you just trying to like run them ragged? 
Yeah, I would actually start JTA or Reeves instead and try to get out and and pressure and do all of those things and, and put Gobert and especially Cat in space, two things that neither of those guys are, have ever been interested in doing. Cat also had a really tough preseason, so I like I would really try to make him run up and down the court. I would really try to get out and, and create extra opportunities and all of that stuff. Um, that 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 leads me to this question here from James M- Michael Santiago. Anthony is right. Uh, oh, that's that's where it ended. That's good. I'm glad that. <laughs> that, is the, that is the extent of the, Thank the you, question, as you put yeah. it. Okay. Uh, James is right that they're playing one guard too many. None should be the one to be out right now unless he has a long leash because he's clutch. Um, that obviously is always going to be a, a factor here, but I just think, like generally speaking, whether it's Russ or none, run, Russ has played better than none. So if you're just going off of who has played better, um, I think none is the one who has to to you know get cut significantly from the uh, rotation right now. Um, but I think removing Russ actually creates more opportunity that allows none to potentially play better. And again, it, it recommits everybody to the guys who are actually going to be there at the end of the year. But, but again, like the notion of swapping out one of these guards for uh, one of the, you know, wings, whether it's Reeves or JTA or like when Gabriel didn't play at all last night, but like so far this, this season Reeves is only playing 19 minutes a game. Uh, JTA is only playing 18 minutes a game and you have guards like, you know, none is playing 17. That's too many. Russ is playing 29 a game. Walker has earned his 33. I think he's definitely in that group. He should be playing. And Patrick Beverly has played 29. So either remove some from Patrick or remove none or Russ from the rotation kind of altogether. And I think that allows you to play Reeves or JTA more, but or or, or, or Gabriel, again, whose energy and athleticism I think is going to be really important. Um, but the, the notion of removing a guard for a wing, uh, what do you think of that? There aren't any wings. <laughs> I mean, like, well, you can get more of the, the wings that they have right now. Reeves playing only 20, like fewer than has, 20 minutes has a Austin, night. Is, has Austin, like, d- has it looked like he should be playing more minutes right now? I mean, again, it's it's not because I I believe thoroughly in Austin or I believe even thoroughly in, in Juan Toscano Anderson, who, like, Every time he shoots it, I'm just like, <laughs> and and by the way, it pains me to say about this about my my Mexican brethren. Like Juan, make a damn shot, man! So <laughs> I, I want think... I want every time he does something to do the the gif of Shea Serrano saying Mexicans are perfect. Like that's all I want, but he's not making enough shots for me to be able to do that. I I mean, look. First of all, it's two games yeah. so it's a little early to be like making these like drastic changes but i think that um i think you have to give none a little bit more space um or leeway the 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 insinuate or not the insinuation but what james is saying here is that you know does he have a longer leash because he's clutch i well he, he sh- in my opinion, he should have a longer leash having nothing to do with his agency because he is one of the highest paid guys on the roster at this and point. He and he can shoot. He hasn't mm-hmm. shot it well, obviously, yet. But the Lakers need shooting. And uh, even though he hasn't shot it, he has a track record of 
decent shooting. He's not a great shooter, but he has a track record of, I think, I think he's like a career 36% shooter. So he is somebody that you can expect to shoot the ball better. And again, the Lakers don't have enough of that. So I, I, I think he should be given a longer leash because of that. Uh, this just in, I think from Stein, um, but apparently the Lakers are pen- potentially looking into Mo Harkless, a wing. So I, that would be fun. That would, I, I'd, I'd be in on that. Um, all right. Anything else around the league that you want to get into before we get out of here? Has anybody oh, wow. thoroughly impressed you or thoroughly disappointed? Uh, Paulo Bancaro was, I watched, uh, Orlando and Detroit. Uh, on Wednesday, the opening night, yeah, looked, Wednesday. yeah, he looked, he looked, awesome. he, he was looked like incredible. statistically one of the best opening yeah, nights incre- for a rookie incredible. ever. Yeah, I, I don't remember, but it was, I don't know if it was 25 and five, but I think he was like the first person since LeBron to have, I think it was 25, five and five. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, in his debut, so uh, he looked, he looked really good. What else? What else around the league was Utah beating Denver was kind of. <laughs> You want you want a hot Interesting. take? You want yes. a hot take? Yes. So I always get nervous about coaches who have been in the same place for like four or five years without really winning anything and consistently kind of falling short of expectations. Not just okay. because like, and like Denver has their excuses, right? MPJ's back has never really functioned properly. They haven't had Jamal Murray for for a long time. Um, so there's there there is that baked into the situation. But it makes me nervous when a coach is in the same place for a long time because eventually guys just kind of start tuning that coach out. And Denver didn't look like it was playing very hard in that opening night. They did not. They didn't. They, they did not look good. If you're not going to play hard, like I guess maybe because it's Utah and everybody thinks that they're tanking, that you don't necessarily go in guns a blazing. But but I don't know, man. Like that was that was one of those things because I already kind of had my eye on Denver as a as a weird situation potentially. Yeah. Um. This that that was not how I would have wanted to start the season. Um. Uh, I know, absolutely not. Um. What else? San Antonio. Brooklyn. So Can obviously. Can we talk about Brooklyn? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't. I was very uh, unimpressed with both the Suns and the Mavs from their game uh, yeah. Wednesday night. I don't like either one of them, and I think I think they're both in trouble. But yes, let's talk Brooklyn. At my friend who covers the Mavericks is trying to get me to listen to uh, a Dallas offer of Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, um, for Russ, and he's saying two of the picks. I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't Excuse do two me? of the picks there. But but I I would maybe consider for one or none of them. But anyway, so the. Uh, Brooklyn, we talked about vibes reaching the court potentially, and man, they were sleepwalking. <laughs> that did not look good. Holy shit! <laughs> that did not look good. Like they, you know, I, it's just it was wild to see. You know, Kyrie, I didn't think looked very good in that game. Kevin Durant looked kind of uninterested for most of it. Ben Simmons looks like he actively hates basketball still, and the fact that we're already getting quotes from Brooklyn. Uh, from from his fellow stars on that roster saying that we don't have to babysit him, that's not a great sign. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, that that drew my interest there. And again, the, the, you the know, vibe, the vibes did not look immaculate. the The backdrop to 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 their situation there is it's Kyrie in I think a contract situation, right? Like it, he's he, will he has free, he will be a free agent, yes. 
yeah, so you have you have that going on. You had all of the trade stuff from this past summer. Um, there was this thought that, hey, this talent is going to win out, and Brooklyn looks incredible. And it's like, do we not out? Like, we haven't been paying any attention whatsoever, huh? Like, we just we just blissfully ignore everything that goes on here. Uh, I, those vibes are going to matter, and, and the the talent there doesn't quite fit the way I think people were hoping it would. Well, I think one of the reasons it didn't look like it fit is because they're missing two very important pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe Harris is supposed to, I think he's probable to, for yeah. the game tonight. So I would like to see it with him and, and uh, Seth Curry. Cause I think that can be, but I mean, they're still not going to guard anybody. Yeah. Um, well, I There's mean, they're better. Ben Simmons Zion. can, yeah. Simmons can guard and uh, Royce. O'Neal but that's who is, Simmons was guarding. He was guarding Zion. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Look, nobody's stopping Zion. Nobody, yeah. like, no, literally nobody. Yeah, because uh, he's getting in the paint. What's the character? Is it the thing from from Fantastic Four? I don't. The, uh, oh, is the, that they like the, the rock like, guy? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's built right. like that. That dude. He's is a big just, boy. Everybody big bounces man. off of him. He's a big boy. Yeah. Um, I think he just so, knocked over a building. Just, so I think they're going to be better defensively than they have been, but like. Harris ain't guarding anybody. Seth Curry ain't guarding anybody. Kyrie ain't guarding Kyrie's anybody. A, yeah. So I think that's still going to be a limiting factor, but at least like it'll be, f- they'll look like they're having more fun when the offense is easier. And yeah. that will be from that'll, I want to see what it looks like with Harrison and, and Curry. Um, both of their injuries are concerning to me, but yeah, it didn't, it did not look, it did not look good on. Uh, it's on... it's not great when the only defense Kyrie is playing is in, in, in the name of Alex Jones. That's just, if that's the only person he's defending, then, then I don't think their season is going to go very well. Uh, I don't, he's not going to guard anybody. I can tell you that he is not, he's, he's not going to guard anybody on a basketball court. Yep. All right. Oh, Harden, Harden, Harden has looked at for the, the, He's played well. They're 0 2, but he's played well twice. Yeah. Statistically, he is dribbling the air out of the ball, which is mm-hmm. an interesting thing. He at first I didn't think he looked very good physically on uh Tuesday, but yesterday he looked uh, it looks like he can get downhill a little bit. Embiid looks chubby. Embiid, yeah, Embiid's been bad. Yeah. Embiid, Embiid has been Embiid has been bad. But um yeah, Philly being 0 2 with with uh, I, I by the way that's one to watch too like that's a vibe check to watch too because i don't think I, doc it's not it's not fun it, yeah well doc yeah but it is doc. not fun it is not fun playing well the with, good news is there is no history games. of teams imploding on doc's watch correct none whatsoever he yeah, has never over, that right. overseen that all right that's going to do it here for this episode of the hook and this week's episodes here on the silver screen and roll podcast network Thank you guys a ton for tuning in the way that you have. We are up like 35% like month over month, like this time last year compared to now. Uh, so shouts to you guys for that. Um, thank you, everybody who have tuned in to the post-game spaces on Raj's show. Uh, I think we had some 600 people in, in that thing listening live last night after a loss. Uh, so you guys are incredible. You guys are, are great. I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed watching this thing grow. Um, and we're going to be doing this every Friday afternoon. Uh, we pushed it back an hour from when we usually record so that you guys can tune in Pacific time on your lunch hour. 
Um, so, you know, every, nobody really likes working on Fridays. So I just figured we would give you something to take your mind off of it. So there you go for that. Um, and we're going to keep this thing rolling. So um, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Larsoul. This was The Hook. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Please trade Russell. Now. Yesterday. Next 15 minutes.